you're going to have a few verses come up, and then uh, the, the, the points where I'm just going to read from Luke and Matthew, uh, if you have your Bible, just turn. If you need a Bible, we've got some in the back. Just put your hand up, and someone will come bring them to you. And uh, But this is going to be pretty short. You guys are used to me teaching for an hour. It's probably not going to go that long. I say that. <laughs> well, we'll see. <clears throat> so as we consider Christmas and uh, as a church, we celebrate it. It's important to understand why the Savior had to come. You know, what, what was the purpose? You know, why would God say all the way back in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, that there was going to be one to come to crush the head of the serpent? And uh, that he would come as uh, from a woman. So we're all the way back from Genesis 3.15, looking for one that would come to crush the serpent and the works of, <clears throat> of Satan. And Satan's works are to destroy man, mankind, uh, each and every life. You know, the scriptures say that the, the enemy uh, roars around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. You've seen the, the uh, Natural Geographic or, or the Animal Planet. You know, when you see that lion just going around, you know something's going down. You see those lionesses out there hunting. <clears throat> They're about ready to, to, to take something. Some baby gazelle or something is, is going to die. And that's, that's what the, the enemy is looking for. That one that's wandering. That one that's away from where they need to be. They'll find the slowest and the weakest, and that's dinner. Let that not be said of us in our lives, that our faith is firmly set on Christ and we're moving forward in him and we're not walking astray or <clears throat> that we are, are, are preaching his name to our, our lost loved ones uh, by the way we live and by what we say, that it will be evident that we are Christians. We don't want them to be devoured by the enemy. Just look around, open, the, open up the, your, your phone to a news app and what are you going to find? A lost and broken world, people being devoured, people losing their lives to whatever it may be, violence, addiction, um, uh, anger, uh, whatever tragedy you want to put in it that takes their lives. God sent a savior <clears throat> that the lost might be found. It's not opposite. The way, the way that, and you've heard me say this before, but the, the lie that somebody has to have their life all together before they can come into church is the absolute opposite of what, what the gospel is. You know, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, right? Jesus is the one that calls to the lost. Wherever you are in your life, you hear the gospel. There's the, uh, there's the opportunity to come to Christ and be saved. Why? Because of what we're going to look at right here. <clears throat> the first verse we're going to look at, and this isn't in any um, chronological order or anything. This is what the, what the Lord just put on my heart. <clears throat> Isaiah 7, verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now we sang, O come Emmanuel, <clears throat> God with us. Now just to look at, a scoffer is going to look at Isaiah 7 and say, A virgin is going to conceive. The gospel message is miraculous, and we're going to look more into that. But just to look at it and say, the virgin shall conceive, and it says, and bear a, a son, and he shall, uh, and and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. 
couple chapters to the right in your Bible, <clears throat> Isaiah 9 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. <clears throat> of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. <clears throat> From that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's Isaiah 9, <clears throat> verses 6 and 7. Why did the Savior have to come? As I've alluded to already and I've shared, uh, Genesis 3, verse 15. After Adam and Eve were told specifically that they could eat of every tree in the garden but one. That they could not go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was protecting their innocence. And they chose, <clears throat> Eve first was deceived by the serpent and chose to take part in eating of the, of the fruit of that tree. We don't know what the fruit is. It's often referred to as an apple. Who knows? It might have been a pulsating plum or something. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, does it? There was fruit of the tree that was pleasant to the eye. And what was Eve's problem? It, what she saw was as the serpent is deceiving her, that it was able to make one wise. It was wisdom. It was wisdom that, that, that brought her to that point, that, that desire for wisdom. And when she got to that point, she took an eight. And then she led her husband, who also uh, part, uh, partook of uh, the disobedience, and handed it off to her husband, and he partook also. So they both sinned against the Lord. And the Lord comes, and, and he's addressing the situation. And in verse 15 of chapter 3 of Genesis, it says, And I will put enmity between you and and the woman speaking to the serpent <clears throat> and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. One is going to be delivering a blow to the heel, which isn't a lethal blow, <clears throat> but that bruising of the head or crushing of the head would come from the savior crushing the power of sin and death that Satan, that Satan holds and what he represents his kingdom represents sin and death. <clears throat> that there would be one that comes from a woman <laughs> that would crush his head. Now, if you have your Bible with you, <clears throat> probably be best for you to turn in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now, where we're going to pick up, an angel had just visited a priest named Zacharias and told him, that his wife would bear them a son. His wife Elizabeth, they were old and had not been able to have kids. And Zacharias <clears throat> didn't quite believe the angel that was speaking to him. And uh, the angel has to let him know, I stand before God. Like the, the pre as a priest, the one that you're ministering to, I stand and I minister before him. And because you know you've you've got this uh, this disbelief in your uh, in your heart, you're not going to be able to speak until the baby is born. And uh, so that that's what happens uh, has brought uh, to us before this. 
So uh, Elizabeth, his wife, uh, conceived, and and she was hiding herself, and uh, <clears throat> so you know she had lived in lived in her life, especially in that culture, for for a woman not to be able to bear a child, they were looked at as somebody that was hiding sin in their life, and uh, they were often despised and and ridiculed uh, in public. <clears throat> so she, uh, in her time. Uh, uh, that she had had lived had 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 a hard time, and now the Lord had ministered to them <clears throat> and spoke to them, and now she's pregnant. Doesn't really know how to deal with it, so she kind of goes away in hiding. So in verse twenty six, it says, "Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David." The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now in verse 26, when it says six months, that was six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy. Verse 29, but when she saw him, as Mary sees the angel, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. She's speaking, I, I'm a virgin. How can that happen? I, I haven't involved my, my uh, betrothed, my fiance, and I have not uh, had sexual relations. How can that be? Uh, like, and, and she's asking this question, not like Zecharias did with, with, a, with a doubting heart. Um, and uh, so as she's asking this question, she has a, a, just an, a question uh, for the angel in, in sincerity. And, and the angel says to her in verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is uh, called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Look at Mary's response. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is a young woman. Nothing special about her. Young, poor woman. <clears throat> and we'll get into that here shortly. But when we can see that when Jesus was brought to be circumcised, that they brought two turtle doves to offer. Turtle doves were the offering of the poor because they couldn't afford the more expensive offering. And uh, so they bring in two turtle doves. So this is a, a young, poor woman. And uh, when you consider Jesus, the scriptures say that there is no form or comeliness about him, that people would be drawn to him, that they'd be attracted to him. You'd look at him and he's shining. Right? Jesus looked like a normal guy. You've seen the paintings of this beautiful, I say a beautiful man because they make him look kind of girly and, and everything in there. And they usually have the sun shining. They, we, don't, we don't know exactly what Jesus looked like. 
<clears throat> but we know that he was an average-looking guy. And that he probably, uh, because he didn't have an earthly father, he did. You know, Joseph became uh, like a uh, like a, a adopted father for him um, here on earth. But but he got his DNA from his wife, uh, from uh, his mother, from Mary. And there wasn't anything special you know, about his outward appearance. It was about how he lived his life and his words and uh, how he healed and how he shared the love of God. So we can look at Mary and say, was she just a normal girl that you wouldn't think this one here, this is going to be the one, the special one. You know, I, I heard Ken Graves speaking on this actually recently. He said, Mary probably wasn't, you know, uh, the homecoming queen of Nazareth high school, you know? And, uh, and I heard that and I was like, that's brilliant. You know, that, that, uh, because, us in our culture and in our world, we'd consider they've got it's got to be someone who is absolutely perfect looking. <clears throat> but Mary is saying here, she didn't go, Oh, well, of course it's going to be me. Look how great I am. Her, Mary's response is one uh, th that is a blessing to look. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your will, uh, to your word. And the angel departed from her. That she understood that there wasn't anything special about her but that God wanted to do an amazing thing through her. If you have your Bible, if you can turn back to the Gospel of Matthew, <clears throat> verse 1, uh, sorry, uh, chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, <clears throat> being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. So there's the other side of this account. Mary is visited uh, by an angel and she goes and she tells Joseph. And there's, uh, there's something going on in Joseph's heart. He's troubled. He's going, she telling me the truth. She's pregnant now, but it wasn't from a man. And he's wrestling with this and he's struggling with it. <clears throat> and he said, he's, he's a, it, the scripture says he's a just man. You know, then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly. That he would say, hey, you know what? We're just going to call this thing off. I'm going to put you away secretly and we can move forward. And uh, so he goes to bed. He's got a lot on his heart. He's about ready to break off the relationship. 
and he goes to bed. And as he's, as he's sleeping, angel of the Lord appeared to him and, and spoke to him and told him, no, don't be afraid to take her for your wife. And that that child that's within her is of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and the angel goes forward to, to tell him that she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. <clears throat> and he will save his people from their sins. You imagine being a young man. Ladies, it's okay. You can imagine the other side. Sorry. <laughs> but just being, imagine being young, man or woman, and being told that the one that's going to grow up in your house is going to be the one to save your people from, your, from their sins. Now, if you remember in Jesus's ministry, there was often said that it wasn't his time. The time had not yet come. The fullness of time had not yet come. There's that saying, and it's 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 said a little bit differently uh, as you go through and read it. But uh, there were times when uh, the religious leaders had had enough of him, and uh, his confrontation, him calling them uh, as it is, and just telling them as as it is that they are doing things for selfish reasons, and that they've missed the whole point of the of uh, of God's love and God's grace and His mercy, and all they were doing was condemning people making themselves look good. They were, they were benefiting from people stealing their money, stealing God's glory. They were out praying in the, in the, and, and Jesus condemned them for, yeah, well, when you're praying, you're just out there to make it a show. So everybody sees you, you want the good seats, uh, in the, in the temples or, or, or in certain, uh, celebrations that are happening. You want everybody to recognize you. <clears throat> and Jesus is confronting them with all those things. <clears throat> and he confronts them on a lot of things. And they get mad. Not only do they want to take him, they want to kill him. And we just actually studied in, um, what's today? Uh, we studied on Sunday <clears throat> that uh, they had the, their murderous plot was, was revealed. And they, they wanted to murder Jesus. And he's calling them. And he says, you are of your father, the devil. And he goes on to say that they're bearing the fruits of their father, <clears throat> of their murder and lies was the fruit of their lives. And we looked at the difference between somebody who's following uh, the wicked one versus the one who's following the Lord. That we wouldn't walk around prideful. We wouldn't walk around and feel like we're better or anything like that. But we would have grace and mercy on our lips. And that when we, the way we conduct ourselves, that we would inconvenience ourselves. You know, maybe we'll, I don't know, see somebody on the side of the road. And they're broken down. They're stuck in a snowbank or whatever. Get out and help them. You know, it's nice and warm in your car. You know, get out and help them. You know, or, or, or you know what? That person's struggling with something. Their trash got ripped open by birds or whatever. Oh, wow, look, and the wind's blowing it around. Is the Lord calling you to stop and help them? Help them. Minister. Show God's love in a practical way. Jesus was confronting the religious leaders because they were all about laying burdens on men. When Jesus came, he said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he's trying to set things straight. <clears throat> These people had been dealing. You know, so you've got a man that has a lot on his heart. And the Lord ministers to him and, and speaks to him and tells him that, that he, the, the son that's going to be, he's going to raise as his own. That's not of him. He's going to be the one to save the people from their sins. 
And it says here that so all was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet Isaiah, which we looked at. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, listen to this, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. It's important for us to be obedient to the word of God, to understand that blessings come when we're obedient to God. <clears throat> if we know the scripture is, is, is confronting us on sin that is in our lives, put whatever that is on it, whatever it is, get that sin out of your life. God does not want to, just because he hasn't struck you dead doesn't mean that it's not wrong for us. You know, in his mercy and grace, he allows us to continue. And all we're doing is making things much harder on ourselves. Whatever that sin might be, that the Lord came to deliver us from those sins. From the power of sin, because sin's ultimate goal is always death and destruction. A hundred percent of the time. It's never like, oh, this is only going to a little inconvenience. It's going to give you a lot of pleasure. If you know it's wrong, it's written in the scripture that it's wrong. Confess that sin, forsake it, and move forward. If you lose a life partner, if you lose friends or whatever, they weren't meant to be in your life anyways. We're not losing anything. We're gaining a proper relationship with Christ. He'll restore relationships that are broken off because of that if he wants to in our lives later. Our, life, our, our creator has made a way that we might be saved from our sin. Just have to be obedient and do as the word tells us to. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth was her cousin. And it happened when Elizabeth, the one that's six months pregnant, remember, another miraculous, <coughs> miraculous pregnancy, it says, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She's saying, the mother of my Lord. That's a, that's a prophetic statement she's saying right there. Here's a grown woman past the age of, of childbearing. She's pregnant. And when, when, uh, when Mary comes in, the baby leapt, was leaped within her womb. The baby jumped because Mary was carrying Jesus. That baby within her was John the Baptist. There's a lot more to study in that, and I encourage you to do that yourself. Just understand that the news of Jesus Christ started changing lives immediately. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Sorry. And she says something. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Come from a Catholic background. And this is a repetitive prayer that is offered where, where Mary is lifted up to a point where there's a discussion with whether Mary is a co-mediator between God and man like Jesus, that she and, and Jesus Christ are equals. They are not. <clears throat> They're not. We just read that she was going to be used, that the Savior would come through her, but not that she would be a code mediator. 
First Timothy 2.5 says there's one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. For anybody to add to that or take away from that, we know the scripture says if they add to that, the things, the bad things, those plagues that are written in the scriptures will be added to their life. If they take away from those scriptures, their names will be removed from the book of life. No, thank you. Don't want those things. She's not a co-mediator. says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Amen. That's where it stops. It is a blessing that she, that she pronounced on her. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped <clears throat> in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. You guys understand this is a Holy Spirit-inspired conversation, right? As we're reading this, that Elizabeth understands that the Lord was ministering not only to her, but also to Mary. There was something miraculous happened. And Mary said, now look at this praise. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. That's, a, that's a, quite a, a humble statement. For behold, henceforth, <clears throat> all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. And he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. In those days, the rich were considered the ones that would be closest to God. Because if they were living and they were rich, then God loved them so much he kept blessing them. They, they didn't understand that it's God loves that lowly heart, that same response that she has where she's calling herself, the low, where she says, the lowly state of the, the, the uh, maidservant. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. There were, <clears throat> there's quite a story as you continue in Luke. In verse 59, it says, So it was on the eighth day. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> I'm getting ahead of myself. So there was a census where you're counting people. And <clears throat> because of this census, Joseph had to go be accounted for. So he takes his wife with him. And she's very pregnant. Now, being on a donkey, uh, riding when you're very, very pregnant, or as the scripture will say, great with child, is not a comfortable ride. And she goes, and you're familiar with the story. She goes, there's no room for them in the inn. So they're offered a place to stay inside the manger with the animals. And Jesus is born. Jesus is born, <clears throat> and he's, he's in that manger. Now, you can read through, and you can understand that there were shepherds that were watching over their flocks by night. We were just singing it. And angels came to them and, and told them, hey, there's a Savior that's been born. 
You need to go check it out. And so they do, and they come, and they're, they're blessed, and they go back, and they're telling everybody what they had just witnessed. We know that the scriptures say that there were wise men from the east, and when they saw the star shining, they followed it, and they knew, based on God's message, that it meant something different. And they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We don't know how many wise men there were, but we know they were from the east, and they brought with them gifts. Gold would be a gift for a king. <coughs> Frankincense would be a gift for a priest, a good smelling um, aroma, something that somebody would be blessed to have. Myrrh is a weird gift to give to a baby because it's embalming fluid. It's used for embalming, cover up the stench of a, of a, of a dead body. Those, all three of those things were prophetic in stating who Jesus Christ was. King, priest, and that he was going to die. They brought those gifts and then left. To understand who Jesus Christ is, what he did, is very important for us. After Jesus Christ was born, there was a, a religious uh, requirement for all in Israel, for the child to be sacrificed on the eighth day. Uh, sacrificed, oh my goodness, circumcised, not sacrificed, not, not to be sacrificed. Erase that, delete, re rewind, start the recording over. To be circumcised. The flesh of their foreskin to be cut off, and that was a symbol of a deal that God had made <clears throat> with the children of Israel, a covenant that he had made. So in Luke chapter 1, verse 59, it says, So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. They would have called him, <laughs> they would have called him by the name of his uh, uh, father. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong spot. I'm sorry. I went to the wrong spot. Uh, chapter 2 of Luke, verse 21 says, And when eight days were completed, for the circumcision of the child, <clears throat> his name was called Jesus, the name given uh, by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem <clears throat> and presented him before the Lord as it was written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said, in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was a just and devout, was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do to him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of the peoples, of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. It says in verse 33, And Joseph and his mother marveled at 
those things which were spoken. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many will be many hearts will be revealed. This is quite an account. This this man was a just and devout man and served the Lord every day of his life. He didn't know when he went into the temple his life was going to change. That that promise that the Lord had given him that he would not die until he had seen the Savior of the world. When a baby came in, eight days old, that all changed that day. And his response He knew that his life was coming to an end. And he saw the promise fulfilled. And he takes the baby baby in his arms. And he said, you're letting your, your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of the peoples. Now listen to this. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. If you don't know what a Gentile is, if you're not Jewish here, you're a Gentile. If you're not of Jewish descent, you're a Gentile. We are non-Jews that God had a plan to save. And he saved through his son, Jesus Christ. This is a Jewish man that is proclaiming a prophecy that was going to be filled through the life of Jesus Christ. And we see that Joseph and Mary were marveling at these things. And Simeon blessed them and tells them that Jesus is going to be, uh, he's going to uh, be destined for the rise and fall of many. I'm almost not even able to talk anymore, guys. I'm sorry. But then he tells her that a sword will pierce through your soul also. That a a uh, prophecy that he was going to die and her heart was going to be pierced. We see Simeon's life changed that day. There's another life that was changed that day. Verse 36 says, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the, fa- the, uh, the daughter of Phanuel <clears throat> of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about, excuse me, excuse me, of about, thank you, of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. These people's hearts were committed to the Lord. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. This is another woman that came in and she had spent her whole life serving the Lord. And God ministered to her just like she did, like he did Simeon. That when they saw a baby, they understood that God's promise had been fulfilled right in front of their eyes. There is always a benefit to serving the Lord. We may not understand it. We might have to wait for whatever he's told us is going to happen in our lives, our whole lives. Do we bail? And say, yeah, I don't want to wait that long. That's too much. Do we say, well, you know what? It has, it's been like three days. It hasn't come to be. Okay, God, God didn't know what he was doing with that promise. There's an example of two people that loved the Lord and served him daily their whole lives. 
and God ministered to them, and they were able to see the Savior before they died. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, this is a faithful saying, Paul's writing this. Paul is a was a Jewish man, Jewish religious leader, that his life changed so much that he went from one that was murdering Christians to being one that was sent out an apostle to minister and to call people to repentance and to call people to serving Christ. And God changed him so much, and he's writing this letter to Timothy, who was a son in the faith to him, one that he had uh, he had used and, and uh, to to build up, and uh, that he would continue ministering. He was a young pastor, and he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. For wondering why the Savior had to come, the very basics of it, basic of it is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That he came for every single one of us. That God would come, God the Son, and fulfill what had to be done in order that we might be saved. Are we special in God's eyes? Absolutely. Are we better than anybody else? No. The difference in us is Christ. <clears throat> Probably two familiar verses for you to end. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That there is salvation offered because of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> All the way back in Genesis chapter 3, where God told the serpent that he was, his head would be crushed by the seed of a woman. <clears throat> yeah, you might strike his heel, but that's it. He's going to crush your head. <clears throat> and that Jesus Christ defeated the power of sin and death. And then he reigns. Just realize I haven't had this thing on the whole time. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I gotta start all over, guy. Go, go ahead and grab a coffee and and uh, no. Hopefully, I've been speaking loud enough because <clears throat> I can't speak any louder or longer. So I'm gonna wrap this up. Why do we celebrate this season? Is because we were absolutely helpless. There was no way for us to be saved outside of Christ. There is no other way. 1 Timothy 2.5 again, there's one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. If Jesus Christ didn't come, there's nothing for us to celebrate. We're lost and dead in our sin. Everybody's going to be waking up tomorrow morning opening presents. And there's this whole thing of these presents and are we remembering the Savior? The Savior is the one that we need to recognize him every single day of our lives. But if we're celebrating him in this culture and, and as Christians, don't be afraid to speak his name. Don't be afraid to say Merry Christmas. I actually, this week, I, was, I, was, I actually laughed because somebody's walking out the door and they're like, Merry, uh, uh, Happy Holidays. They're <laughs> walking out. I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's Okay. I'm sorry, I can't talk anymore. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we are so, we're blessed beyond what we can understand that you would make a way that the sinner can come. Lord, when we can understand through one of your parables that two came before you, one boasting of how great he is, 
and one that couldn't even lift his head. And one say, oh, I've done these things and everything. And basically, Lord, how great I am and, and how blessed you are to be able to know me, God. And the other one not being able to lift his head and saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And you explain in that parable that one came down justified. And that one was the one that came to you with a broken heart over sin. Lord, that we would no longer continue in sin. But when your word convicts us of it, that we would turn, confess that sin to you and you alone. If we need to confess that sin to somebody we've sinned against, that's fine. But God, that you have called us to repentance and that we can have new life in you because of your son. That God became a man and died for us. There's no other way for our sin to be covered. We read in Hebrews that the blood of bulls and goats was, uh, they just can't do it. It's a symbol. But that God loved us so much that you gave us your only begotten son that if we believe in you, we have eternal life. You didn't send him to condemn us. The world was already condemned. We know that, Lord. But there's salvation, freedom, newness of life in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation indeed. Old things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. There's such beautiful verses, Lord, that we can literally rest our, our joy and our salvation on. Because of your love, your grace and mercy, there's no way for us to earn our way to heaven. But to believe in you. That if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths, we're saved. Thank you for the simplicity that we can know you and that you know us, how wretched and, and wicked our hearts are, that we would turn from that and come to you. Thank you, Lord, that you look at sinners like us and you want us and you made a way so we can come to you. Praise your name, Lord. We thank you. We love you. We pray that you protect us all. Bless our, our fellowship as we enjoy some <clears throat> some desserts together and conversation and bless us as we go forward and keep us all safe on the roads and that your name would be glorified in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.